the Spot Track Podcast, talking sports contracts, the salary cap, and business of sports. Welcome to the Spot Track Podcast. I'm Kevin Sylvester along with Paul Peck, Mike Gennetti. We are brought to you by Morgan Stanley Global Sports and Entertainment, which of course empowers professional athletes and entertainers with everything they need to know to make good decisions about their finances and wealth. Learn more by visiting morganstanley.com slash GSE, Morgan Stanley Smith Barney LLC member SIPC. Gentlemen, good to see you again. Yeah. Welcome Busy back, time. Kevin. By yes. the way, I've got a uh, prospective client for Morgan Stanley. I don't know if you guys saw this article about Christian Wilkins, you know, that monster defensive, defensive tackle, tackle right? out of Clemson. <laughs> the headline was basically, he's the most frugal man in sports. And it was just a just a biopic about how this guy has been pinching pennies his whole life, including okay. through Clemson, right? Like he, he would save his stipend and he had four bank accounts set up in, in college. And he had, like it was literally for, you know, what parents and adults should be doing. You know, it was food, savings, and it was all these crazy stories about how he would hitch rides and he'd have like uh, money set aside to be able to pay gas to his friends and he had tabs running and all this stuff. And he would steal from the cafeteria and sure. <laughs> all these incredible stories about how he pinched pennies and how he's going to translate that to his NFL salary. And, you know, he's, he, he's reluctant, he said, to, to get financial advisement because he's been doing this so well. But he said, now that the, the, the numbers are in the millions, <laughs> he goes, yeah. it's a yeah. lot harder. You know, what do I need, 12 bank accounts? You know, <laughs> right. There are. That's exactly what these companies would. I mean, that, that's like the dream client for that company, right? Basically saying, you know what you need. Here, we'll just do it for you. Well, <laughs> no, that, that's exactly. You know what I mean? That's exactly right. Like, okay, I've known how to handle hundreds, yeah. thousands take, take of dollars now. But look, yeah, there are more zeros there, <laughs> and but there are more things you should do right. with the money. It's not just like what could I do, but what should you do to and preserve more, it? More challenges about how to handle taxes and 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 avoid paying any more than you have to pay. So so yeah, that. But, you know, but we hear so many stories about the guys who blow their money. Yeah, um, right. It's cool to hear That's one right. about exactly a guy who right. who you sound like isn't isn't going to be far from doing that. That's right. Well, the uh, the other thing is at that income level, you become an accredited investor that's right true. and so there are different opportunities to accredited investors than there are to just the you know you know joe blow on the street investor right. whether you, you got to earn a certain amount a year or have a net worth of a certain amount plus you want to make some money well right? yeah, you want to put mean, your money to work right, yeah that's what these it, guys you want to keep making it <laughs> yeah that's exactly right so yeah call morgan stanley yeah. by the way what's the most frugal thing you did while in college paul I got you know oh. to be cheap and save money. Uh, six dollar cases of Peel's beer when we all wanted to drink on a Saturday <laughs> night. Six bucks. Six bucks. Uh, we paid four. I think four and a half for a case of uh, we called it Jebel, the French Canadian <laughs> Gobel, G O E B E L. And and if you looked at the bottom of the bottle, each bottle's a different thickness. That's not good. <laughs> no, it was no. not good. And no, neither was the beer. My yeah. friend, and we would, uh, you know, we would find out which girls on campus had extra money on their dining plans, and uh, <laughs> someone would uh, take one for the team so we could get food. I like it. <laughs> I like wow. It. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> that is the ultimate family style. Yeah, that, <laughs> exactly right. Hey, how much money you have on your meal plan? What are you doing tomorrow? Night? Oh man, I miss meal plans. Those are the days. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, say, listen, you got to do what you got to do to make yeah. it through college. Okay. Speaking of college, right? Speaking of colleges, there are some guys who uh, they probably didn't live as frugally through college as perhaps he needed to. Some are, uh, barely even went to college, uh, even for a year, right? right? Yeah. Uh, and that's probably going to be the lottery pick in the draft. But the NBA draft lottery is tonight. Uh, when we record this, and we're going to talk about some coaches. Let's first talk about the lottery. Yeah, much tonight. anticipated. I mean, it's... First, highest since LeBron, you think? Most anticipated lottery since LeBron? I think that's safe to say, because yeah. the guy that we're, that, that's leading the, the charge here in Zion Williams is probably the most talked about college player or player entering the draft probably since LeBron, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Yes. Uh, yeah, I mean, he is going to be franchise-changing, uh, we think. We think. Right? Uh, he's going to sell a ton of jerseys and sneakers yes. right away. Boy, the sneaker deal could be more important than you know the NBA, <laughs> the NBA right. team. I mean, everybody's going to be vying for this guy. Yeah. Everybody. How much money is he going to make uh, from, as, from, a, as a lottery pick? If you're number one overall. From, from basketball. basketball. From be playing basketball, the amount of money that's guaranteed. Because we know with football players, 
Uh, what is it for the NBA? So for the next four years, it'll be about $44 million for that number one overall pick. Incredible value, $11 million a year, which actually is pretty high if you think about the other sports. $11 million Compared a year. to the other sports, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a nice starting contract for, for any player, obviously, but he's going to double that in sneakers. NFL, think, right? NFL top 10 picks are about $8 million a year. Top five guys are... 35 over four, yeah. yeah. Yep. All right, so that's a number one pick, and that's going to be Zion. I mean... There's nobody not no, picking Zion, no right? No can't doubt. imagine. Fifth, fifth pick. Let me tell you one team. Let me stop. Oh, yeah. Let me yeah, stop. Yeah, Because we mentioned this before the show. What if What if New Orleans wins? Oh. Is there a chance that Jay Morant is is number one? I can't imagine that they would no. do that. He's not the you know. Hey, hey there's two prongs to this. Um, I think there's there's some serious questions by NBA people exactly who Zion Williamson is going to be in the NBA. We can talk about that in a moment, too. But I think just generally he's the guy. So how do you not, well, how do you not take him, even, even if you feel like Morant might fit your team a little league, better? And the game, right? Yeah, and the league. And the, well, maybe that's, maybe that's the same point we're talking about yeah. here. All right, well, so let's go. Let's go on that. I know you guys disagree with me <laughs> a little what? bit. I've read enough stories from NBA scouts and personnel people who have said that Zion Williamson's going to have to make some serious changes to his game to be successful in the NBA. And I think on first glance, he doesn't look, quote-unquote, like an NBA player of today. Not a great shooter. Uh, you know, he's a physical bull, run over people. He, I'm not saying he can't score and he can't be successful in the NBA, but he's but until he becomes a better shooter, is he going to be an upper echelon top 10, 15 guy? He is going he is Carl Malone um he's with Michael Jordan's leaping ability. Yeah, it's pretty so, good. Right? I like the Carl I mean, Malone comparison. I mean, this a guy lot. this guy is a tank and he passes like Larry Bird. Yeah, it, but but you just mentioned three guys from the 90s. Right. I've, I've actually got a comparison. Three of the greatest of all time. I know, but who, would, but who could still play it's today. Such Come a on. different game I've today. Got a, I've got minor comparisons and it's I think it's which way is he going to go, right? Is he going to is he going to develop into a shooter? He can shoot it too. And he can he has shot the three. I mean, he can do it. Can he develop it? And if he does, he's probably trending toward LeBron, right? I would I would think he's trending. I mean, he's got the physical ability to get to the rim whenever yes, he wants. That's, that's LeBron. And the athletic that's ability LeBron. with the size. He yeah. loves the rebound. He loves the pass. That's LeBron. So he's got a chance. That, that is his, you know, swinging left ceiling. To me, the right is Blake Griffin. Because Blake Griffin was this conversation. Yes. He was this physical specimen coming out of Oklahoma. Dominant college player. Crazy dunker. Could yeah. you, right? I mean, he was he was a rebound machine. That that to me is the is the bad side of this. Because Blake Griffin became too one dimensional. And that's why LA had to ship him out. That's why I mean he's he's a fine player. He's he's you know, he's certainly, you know, still an all pro player, but he's not a generational player. You know, he's not he's not worthy of that number one overall. And that's where we're going to be with Zion. I think it's between those spectrums. I, I just I, I tend to put him more towards LeBron. Does I do. can, I think does he an change his and elevate his game? Does he add the shooting element to it or is he so good that it won't matter? That's what I think we're really intrigued about. And, and again, okay, he well, was he was clearly the most dominant player in college basketball by far, yeah. but that doesn't always translate into being the dominant player in the NBA where everybody is equally as good as anybody you faced in the well, ACC. He's not, he's not going to come in and make a franchise a championship contender by himself. By himself. Yeah. Absolutely There'll not. be some of those expectations, but, though. But it's a pretty but, good year to be coming in because of these free agents, right? Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's so much fun. I mean, the team that if the if the Knicks land... I just, well, let me, I just want to say this. When Antetokounmpo was taken by the Bucks, like, Nicely done, nobody, by the way. Thank you. Uh, nobody really knew about him, right? And a raw player that could go to the rim. Uh, the guy now dunks with either hand. He can shoot threes now. He's developed his game. We're this, gonna, it's going to happen with Zion. Because... The playoffs and, and how they're rounding into form are really interesting. Yeah. We're going to get to Giannis for but sure. But if the Knicks get Zion Williamson, Kevin Durant is a Nick all the way, is right? He? Yes, is he? sure. Wait, isn't the point of Durant? He might be a Nick already, by the isn't way. Isn't the point of Durant leaving to be to have his own team? Isn't he pulling a Kyrie Irving here? Like, I want to get, I want to be back on my own. I, I mean, he's never had it, right? It was Westbrook's team. It's, but, it was Steph Curry's team. He wants to go and show that he can dominate on his own. And if Zion is in the, in the picture, but it's Zion's team. <laughs> if he's learned anything, if he's if he's smart and has looked around I and learned anything, you. he looks at LeBron James in L.A. and I should realize, like, 
Huh. Yeah. I need somebody with me. I can't go do this by myself. Elephant in the room LeBron is right now, right? Oh, my gosh. Is he ever? Even the greatest can't do it alone. (laughs) Which room is he going to be in? I think it's pretty interesting, too. (laughs) All right. Let's uh, quick. Let's let's talk. um, How about Zion, by the way? One last point. One last point. So if he makes $100 million from sneakers, from whoever, you know. That's got to be the starting point, right? $100 million, and he gets 44 from his contract. He, he walks out of Duke, and he is immediately being handed $150 million. Right. Yeah, it's not a bad day. Not a bad day at all. <laughs> it's not a bad day. Which is probably, you know, you know, the chancellors at Duke have to hate it. I mean, uh-huh. Duke is one of the right it's prestigious university. I mean, they don't let many dummies into Duke. Okay. Right? I mean, I've known some people go to Duke, and they're some of the smartest people I know. Right? It's a hard school to get sure. in. I mean, you're, you, if you if you got 1180 on your SAT, you're not getting into Duke, okay? Unless you can dunk. Yeah. Um, I'm just I'm just I, saying. If you, laver- if you average 11.8 points I'm just per saying, game, I'm just you're saying, a little better like, chance. It, it just, you know, you, you go work out I, for one year and you, and you get I, the 144. I right? actually had this exact thought, and I did some homework on it because I was kind of ready for this conversation. ACC team, I mean, ACC is the breadwinner right now at conference and basketball, right? It's kind of where all the, sure. you know, yeah. everybody had two or three teams in, in their brackets in the final four, right? AC, I mean, that was it. The, the conversation this year was ACC in terms of college basketball. Top 100 NBA players right now, salary-wise, top 100 paid players. Where's the first ACC kid? And the top 100 of currently paid NBA Highest players. Highest paid players in, in NBA. Where's the first ACC well, We're talking about a Duke or North Carolina uh, Guy likely. Boy, that's uh, well. Question. Wait. wait. Not, uh, Notice how you're having trouble. Yeah, yeah I am having. <laughs> Shouldn't trouble. have to have trouble it's because Duke and North Carolina players are not succeeding in, in the NBA right now. Hmm. I'm going to give you the answer because there's not a it's Kyrie Irving chance. There's not a chance. It's not Kyrie Irving. There's not a chance. There's not a chance you'll get this. It's Harrison Barnes from North Carolina forever wow. ago, 27th on the list right now. Wow. What are we doing here? What are we doing here? Mm. These, these ACC kids get there and it's nothing? Well, I, I know one of the storylines that's emerged in the Final Four is the key players are all from a lot of small schools. You know, you Ka- you know Kawhi five, Leonard, right? San Diego State, Lillard from Weber State, right? Weber State. Um, you know, I mean, Davidson, Steph Curry. Davidson, Steph Curry, sure. Right. And then Westbrook's UCLA. I mean, Kyle Lowry, Toronto, Villanova. I mean, yeah. CJ McCollum is Lehigh. Right. Well, that's, I mean, the, that's these all. These kids were watching. Right. Yeah, Antetokounmpo from Greece. Yeah. <laughs> Not even anywhere. <laughs> but but yeah. again, to Mike's point, the big schools are are, are don't, there's no guarantee and and you know, there's no correlation necessarily with the best players coming from the biggest schools, which goes against the narrative that we all sort of live on a daily basis that everybody in the NBA is from it's, Kentucky or Duke. It's just public relations, right? Yeah. You got to go to the ACC because it's the most visible conference. Right. Right. It and, is and I get it. Yeah. And I get it. Now they're having their own network, right? Yes. That I mean, it's going to be big. Yep. It's going to be huge. But it's just funny how that didn't, that isn't translated right now to the current crop of NBA players. It's just, they're from everywhere. We did have a coach leave college just we, yesterday yeah. for the NBA. Kind of a shocker. We're, we're in Buffalo. We're based in Buffalo. Uh, for those who don't know, I think you know by now if you're mm-hmm. a regular l- listener. And John Beeline is from this area. Um, he coached in high school, went from a JV basketball coach in high school to junior college. He coached it, it co- it, junior college, then to Division uh, Two, to Division Two, then Division Three, Canisius, and then right. exploded from there um, with some stops along the way. But at Michigan, he leaves Michigan. Yeah, he's sixty-six. His son was just named coach at Niagara. Right. I don't know here. if that had anything to do with it, with him jumping to the NBA. But he's he, been dabbling with the NBA for a couple of years now, so I, I well, don't think so. He 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 put the whole foot in uh, going to Cleveland with the Cavaliers here prior to the draft lottery, which is also That's interesting. That's the conversation here, right? First of all, I, I think it's funny that Cleveland has attempted to get Izzo out of Michigan State. And now, and well, now their owner's a Michigan, Michigan guy. Now he, they settled for yeah, Michigan. Yeah, he's a Detroit guy. So <laughs> right. it's sort of he sees it and watches it and is familiar with it. And, you know, I think there's a lot to that. I think the, you know, the interesting thing, and you'll talk about the money here in a second. I think the interesting thing about this move, some people have speculated that this is a little bit of I need college basketball is a mess right now. John Beeline has always had a reputation as being completely above board. There's been, I, I saw a quote the other day from a, you know, an unnamed college coach or administrator or whatever who says he's the cleanest guy in the country and has always been that way. I wonder if he looks at college basketball's disaster of a mess right now and says, 
I'm done here. I, I I can't it's I can't play the game. I can't be successful playing the game the way I've played it. Being honest, when everybody else around me is cheating, it's like the it's like the steroids baseball thing from the '90s. Well, I I think um, I don't know about the cheating part, but I think he's looked at his recent teams and said I I, I had it. My chance is done. Yeah. Right. Uh, I can't. He's also win- lost a lot of players right. early. Yes. I can't win with. A, I I couldn't win with all the ex NBA players kids on my team. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and so if I'm going to go to the NBA, now's the time. Right. I mean, it's He's now also or never. Sixty six years old. That's what this I mean. is his last swing at the fences for sure. the last five years of his contract I, I you know again he's been a guy as you rattled off his bio he's been a guy that's always liked to continue to challenge himself up the ladder so I don't know why anybody would be surprised at a move like this again he's dabbled with Orlando and Detroit the last couple of years so clearly he waited for the situation that felt the best and the right and the rightest for him oh and by the way they probably double the salary right? that too <laughs> right for sure. five right. years of course so yeah it, he was making what what was three he and a half Michigan? about right? three and a half in Michigan um but he gets five years guaranteed you know and it and the the lifespan of a of an NBA coach right now is two and a half years. Wow. That's the lifespan okay. over the past 10, 15 years. And if you're LeBron's coach, it's one and a half. So years. if you're making, well, yeah, or six <laughs> six games. Remember Tyloo? Right. You're done right. in six games. Ridiculous. <laughs> they but, interviewed yeah, him by the way. In LA. Back. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't, I'm not even going to get there. But he said no. Yeah, but the turnover is unbelievable. I mean, is, is there is half the league paying an old coach right now? <laughs> You know, I wish I had those numbers, but easy I bet, to get I bet rid half of. the league is paying their old coach still, right? Sure, now. right. I, I mean, crazy. it's it's easy to get rid of, and the NA, to me, the NBA is becoming like the NHL. Yeah. Right? Coaching-wise. You don't know who any of them are, and they're almost irrelevant. Let, quick, quick question on that. There you go. Which, which league does the coach matter more? Because I know you've dabbled in both. I will say the coach matters more in hockey. Really? Yeah. I would not have thought you went that. You go. Yeah, there. I'd say it matters more in hockey. Wow. Yeah. Because, is it because basketball has become so iso ball now? That's correct. Yeah. I mean, and look, more, look. more players to manage. I think two more egos, more more personalities to manage. I mean, let's be honest. The NBA has a what? How many on a roster? Fifteen. Twelve. Fifteen. Yeah. Seven of them play. Seven of them play, three of them matter. Five playing Golden State. I'll say three of them matter, seven of them play. The rest of the guys are just the guys who are in the picture watching Kawhi Leonard shot bounce around. That was pretty awesome, We'll get there, too. A pretty fair assessment. Yeah, that's good stuff. All right. Um, I'm just saying, I I, I think uh, the the NHL coach matters more. um, But, again, I I think uh, just because you have more players – uh, that factor more structured it. offense defense there's a lot more to handle i mean basketball yeah. there's a lot of x's and o's but i think those get thrown out of the window a lot too right? yeah i mean i'm i'm pretty <laughs> sure uh, listen i was yeah no i'm gonna say it i'm pretty sure i could coach an nba game Ooh. i could coach a game listen, wow. this guy. i could listen coach this listen guy. i could coach a game um i'm not saying a team for a season i'm just saying you could plug me on the bench of a game, and I'd have a pretty good handle on on what needs to happen. Paul, you want to reach I could out drop to, uh, John B. Lane here for us. I could <laughs> listen. I could I could I could call timeouts, right? Yeah, when I, I feel momentum going, right. I could call a play, get the ball to Kawhi, right? We I mean, know you could yell at the I, officials. We're gonna run. We're gonna run Kawhi off of a yeah, pick. What do, you, what do you think the uh, the whiteboards in Toronto look like? Right, <laughs> it's, just, it's just big number two. Right. Yeah. That's We're going to sideline inbounds yeah. pass here. We're going to run. Wherever goes, you're, you're going to run a V pattern, yeah. come off the screen, get the ball, and uh, then do what you need to do it with it. Certainly right? worked. It All right, worked. let me let me put a bow on this NBA lottery situation because I, I ran some numbers on the current on the current players just to see the impact of you know these top draft picks. I can look pissed with the rest of them. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> or not I mean, care. Some or, or don't or care. Not care. I, I don't have to wear a tie anymore. Anyhow, ready? Ahead. I'm sorry. Top 100 NBA salaries. We'll go back to that list. 82 of them are first round picks. 82. And of those 82, 32, 40% of those picks were top five. Sure. Well, they only have two rounds. Right. But I mean, top five picks. I mean, you're going to get your bus. Correct. I mean, you're going to have your bus. Five of those top 100 were undrafted. I thought that'd be more. I, because there's only two rounds, I mean, you, you, you'd think they'd find some they, diamonds out there. But they still have to draft the international players. So that, that's why, yeah, it's, it's less right. than... Well, but even more so. I mean, there's no kids that come out of college undrafted and and I think they sell up the I think they anymore? know. I think the scouting is a lot easier and the projections are a lot easier. You you know you know who can play in the NBA and yeah. who can. I I I think there's a lot less gray area than any other draft about a good scout can know whether that guy is an NBA player or not. Sure, and it's such a such a stars driven league. It's incredible. 
I well, mean, if we talk about these playoffs here, it's just yeah. Let's talk about the playoffs yeah. here in a second. I just do, I do want to mention real quick dynasty owner before yeah. we get into the playoffs here because we want to make sure you get in and get your opportunity on. Uh, being a member of Dynasty Owner, it's the first Dynasty Salary Cap Fantasy Sports game where not only plays the game week to week, but you use actual contracts, actual salaries, gives you the roster power of both coach and general manager. So you're not just trading for players, you trade for Dynasty Dollars, which is a virtual currency used in the game. You can rack those up each week, whether you win or lose your matchup and build your Dynasty long-term year to year your bench even gives you a percentage of their performance that week so don't worry about uh do i start this guy that guy your bench will earn you some points that week it even allows you to go over the salary cap which some nba teams have done which we're going to talk about here yeah. you can go all in this year if you want it's the first game to combine week-to-week fantasy sports gaming with long-term ownership and gm strategy own your fantasy sports team go to dynastyowner.com sign up for the 2019 beta draft there's also uh, a link there on spottrack.com okay nba final four we had the raptors get into the final four with that amazing shot mm-hmm. from Kawhi leonard it was just awesome how it i think they counted five times in slow-mo it bounced down the rim yeah. that's just incredible yeah, it was crazy. Uh, i looked away it down I, I feel like i looked away after the big bounce because you're like oh that's not going in you almost <laughs> like you look away like okay it's going to be overtime and you kind of like well wait wait a minute it was, ama- it was amazing well the visual was great because he releases the ball then you see the the square you know the backboard outline so he got it off yeah just in time and then it hits the rim and you could see the player it goes a baka wanted to go up and tap it in he yeah. knows he can't yeah. right because it's often just they're just watching it and it <laughs> falls yeah it was a great series well, you know what? Actually, I'm going to retract that. I don't think it was a great series because the Sixers laid two complete eggs. Sure. Right? I mean, two of their losses, oof, they, so- look, they look like I was coaching them in those they two announced- losses. <laughs> they announced they're bringing him back this morning, and I'm very surprised by that. They're bringing back the well, coach. I'm very surprised by that. To me, that was the deficiency of this team. Was the way you could, they were, you was could, the way they were coached? You could you could argue that they I wanted mean, to fire him, but they couldn't remember what his name was. <laughs> Speaking of Duke guys, by the way. Well, by the way, some people saw the headlines. It says Brown staying as coach. They thought Hubie Brown still oh coaching the goodness. Sixers. He's still working though. Right. Yeah, I just my God. I, I think Larry Brown. Excuse me, was a coach of the Sixers, not Hubie. Same deal though. Not not to get too far down the rabbit hole with Philly because you know they're out of it. But it just seems like there's going to be change coming. Well, there has to be. They, they might not. They might think they they might pull a uh, Boston here and say we've got the personnel we just got to figure out how to make it work that didn't work for Boston I, I one of those players should be traded one of those players should be if it's Ben Simmons fine one of those players they they there is a chemistry issue sure and I wonder because I've seen it with a lot of sports I wonder if there's pressure from from up top from the GM from the owners to say we look at we can't we already got rid of our, one of our number one overalls in Fultz right we've already we've yes. already Eaton Crow on that. If we move Simmons, that means two out of these three number one overalls that we've gotten are out of town already. How does that make us look as an organization? You know what I mean? There's gotta, that's got to be there. It's got to be lingering. There's a pride issue with all of this. I just wonder if they're going to they're gonna stand pat because, they, because of that and because they think they can make it work. And I don't think they can. I think those players cannot play together right now. You think which? Simmons and Embiid. I was going to say, I think Simmons and Embiid, I agree. Because they'd either, sit there and watch the other one just go, right? The, if, if Embiid, Embiid would uh, take over, he's shooting, and then Simmons would just take, it's crazy. he'd be invisible. And Completely. if Simmons played, you know, Embiid became invisible. And, and the money's not there yet for Simmons, right? Embiid's worth money. I mean, they yes. paid him. You know, injuries or not, he's paid. Is this what we talked about with Zion, that Simmons' lack of an outside shot He's not a good shooter. Oh, right. Zion's has, not that bad. Uh, Zion will no, take no, shots. but I'm I'm just saying at this point in the NBA, if you don't have a really good outside shot, it's hard sometimes yes. to maximize your potential and or fit into the rest of the of the offense. I agree, I agree, and I I, I think it's I think it was a bad pick. <laughs> I'm gonna say it. It's you know it, it was a bad pick for Philly. They needed shooters. They didn't. They never acquired shooters. They didn't draft shooters anywhere in this. Right. Well, Reddick was their only shooter. But they, there was a free agent signing. Right. They had all these high draft picks. They never got themselves a shooter. So I don't know where they thought the league was going, but you know, it's not grinded out inside basketball anymore. That's for sure. I, I, if you had to move one, to me, Simmons would be the guy. Yeah. Um, even though he can be dominant at times, he's got to be able to shoot off the dribble. Yeah. 
Um, you know, the step back three. Fine. Yeah, you know, he's got you know, he's got to be able to do those things. And Embiid and Butler seem to have some chemistry. How about Simmons and Lonzo Ball right now? They're <laughs> isn't it crazy? Simmons is a better Lonzo Ball, but they're the same guy. Yeah. It's crazy. Right. Like can we stop bringing in people who can't shoot the ball? I mean, because those kids are everywhere. They're on these small teams in college and, and high school. We we can find them. I promise, we can find them. Yeah, there's, there's every team's got good money. Every it's team's crazy. got shooters. It's crazy, yeah. So uh, the the final four overall, um, you know, it's an interesting selection. Yeah. But in your, it's not unexpected because they're the seeds that make the final four. Yeah, are we worried about parity in the NBA? Because this is pretty. It's been pretty chalk for a couple of years now, right? I would say, um, yes, it has been, but I'm not worried about parity because look look what you have. You have two teams in the f- Final Four this year that were not there last year, correct? Right. But they were expected to be this year. And actually, you have three, right? Toronto wasn't there. Right? Toronto, Toronto was, was there. Semis. Uh, second round, yeah. Second round. They were, so they made it a, fir- a, a step a further, further yeah. uh, because they, they lost to Cleveland last yep. year, right? And Portland's made it a, a step further, and Milwaukee's made it a step further. So three of the four have made, are in the final four that were not there last year. Yeah, Fine. it's chalk with the seeds, just not chalk with well, the I'm teams. I'm just saying. That, but, yeah. So to me, that's good for the NBA that, hey, we have three new teams out of the, the final four. We So somebody uh, out of the East is going to lose to Golden State this year. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> well, isn't it funny that you remove LeBron James from the equation and Toronto gets over the hump? Because that, that's been it for three years. Right. That's been it. That's funny. huh? Speaking of LeBron James, I've got a quick little side note stat here for you he's the only player in the top 20 of, of pay that didn't make the postseason this year he's wow. the only top 20 highest wow. paid player not make the postseason. that's really yeah. incredible that's that's so that's that's a level of how bad his year was it, it, to me i flip it around and i say that if you don't have a player worthy of being in the top 20 you have almost no chance of winning right is isn't that what it's that's telling what us saying. as well too yeah it's a complete opposite from the nfl Completely. Like I sit here every year after the NFL season, and I tell you that the top two, you know, highest paid players every position probably didn't make the postseason because that's what we're doing in a hard cap, hard cap world. But that's the top twenty paid, paid, not not considered the top twenty best players. Yeah, but it's. I bet you it's not all that far. Considered top twenty best. But Paul's saying there's a correlation. The highest Correct. paid players make the playoffs. Yeah, sure. Except yeah. for LeBron, right? <laughs> well, but the, but they. But there's the a reason top, why off, they're highest paid. Yeah, off the top okay. of your head. Without having done the research, how many players not in the top twenty highest paid would be in your top twenty best players? Not maybe two or three, right? Do you You want this podcast to be eight hours? No, no. But I'm just saying, I I think it's particularly in light of what Mike said when we talk so much about the NFL. It's it's clearly the best players, thus the usually are the highest paid, and they're the guys that continue to go the farthest. It's also it's also about cap and roster, right? You can pay one or two players a ton of money. And you're you're rewarded for it, and you can win. Because That's all the, you need because, to win. Because there's five, six players who actually play. Yeah. That's it. You know, yeah. a third of your roster actually plays in the NFL. It's just not the case, right? And you know, you know, that we're gonna see it happen, right? Like the Aaron Rodgers deal is going to kill Green Bay. It's gonna put them into the tank eventually, right? To the point of where they're gonna have to move on from it. Maybe in two years, maybe next year. I don't know, right? And, and is that gonna be? There's going to be defining. You're saying they're moment. going to go up in flames like Aaron Rodgers well, did in Game of Thrones? Yeah, very nice, very nice. There's going to be a defining moment though where don't do any teams, spoilers in the show. Decide. He wasn't even visible. I think that one was pretty well out there. <laughs> All right, but isn't there going to be a defining moment at the NFL where somebody says, "We just can't do this. We can't max out on anybody in this league because of the because of the way the cap is structured and how many players we need to rely on." Right? I mean, New, New England's been doing this for 20 years, but is there is there going to be like a defining? Is it going to be Aaron Rodgers' contract, Russell Wilson's contract? Or, I mean, Kirk Cousins, I think, was perfect. We, we can crap on that as much as we want. It was three years. You know, that's a perfect window for a quarterback to see what he can do. But I think there's going to be a moment here soon with these me- – I mean, Carson Wentz, right? We've talked about this with, with Jared Goff. What's it going to be? What's it going to yeah. be? Because basketball, where I do think there'll be a breaking point because guys are about to start making $45 million a year, which is bonkers, but – Clearly, it's 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 beneficial, right? Yeah. If you want to pay Steph Curry forty five million a year, you're going to get to the, the NBA Finals. So, right. I, to me, if if you lose that that translation, that correlation, which we've lost it in the NFL, we've lost it. I mean, the top three players, highest paid players in the league, they're nobodies in, in January. Three of three of the teams remaining yeah. um, are luxury tax offenders, which means they yeah. went over the cap, right? And, and over the luxury cap, and over the luxury cap, yeah. So Golden State, Toronto, and Portland are luxury tax offenders. The Bucks are the only team that had cap room. Yeah, 
A little bit, a little bit left to spare. And, and, and one of the guys they got near the end of the season is out with foot surgery. Yeah, isn't that crazy? Can you imagine right. where they would be right now? My goodness. Yeah. Um, Paul Gasol. The, the note, the note though, I think is that Houston somehow stayed under the luxury tax. Camp. Right. It was about eight hundred thousand dollars to spare, but, but they, they were did it. They were over when yeah. they had Anthony on the roster, right? And yeah. some, however, they worked that. I forget how did it, they work that out again. They traded him to like Timbuktu or something uh, like that. Atlanta was it? I think it was, it was Atlanta. Atlanta. He was Atlanta for a day, though, yeah. right? They made a jersey for him, yeah, and all this stuff. Chicago, maybe. I, I forget. So, there were so many teams. There's what a, so what a many weird maneuver, end to a career for maneuvers him. for Car- Carmelo Anthony. But they made it work. Daryl Morey made it work. He's the he's the numbers guy over there, and he got them under. Which means here's what it means. Number one, they, they don't pay the tax, obviously, but they can next year now. Where, what you don't want to do in the NBA is you don't want to be a repeat offender of the tax because then you get walloped, right? I mean, okay. Golden State's about to get walloped. OKC is about to get walloped because of repeat offenders. But Houston didn't this year. They didn't offend the tax cap this year. Are they going? Are they going big? Are they going to trade Clint Capella, our big man talk? Are they going to trade their big man and bring in some just burner, right, on a massive trade? They could, right? Do we think they're close, or do we think they can't? They're never going to get there. I'm going to. You know what I? Okay. Where, where are we with Houston? I think they're not going to get there until James Harden learns to pass oh, the basketball. I mean, he takes so many selfish shots. Mm-hmm. Listen, I, I. And if you look at the numbers, they probably looked at everything. Hey, look at the more. You know, when you take X amount of shots, we win because he, he makes. But when it came down to clutch, I mean, what opportunities were missed? Because he keeps taking that step back three. Well, but you need that, right? It's a live by the sword, you die by shooters. the sword. We've yeah, I know you for... need shooters. But uh, come on, how many times you watch the Rockets come down? You know, it's ISO, and you know Harden's not going to the hole. He's stepping back with that three, and he winds. And he doesn't get the foul call so, so at I times. Just... Guy's a hell of a player, but he he's he's a he's a, a ball hog. Yeah, but he makes a lot of them. <laughs> I know he makes a lot of them, but they're listen. The, what, what to me the really defense? to me the really great players. Sure, right. I mean, wh- when did Jordan become uh, a great? He was a great scorer. Mm-hmm. When did he become a great player? When he learned to dish and play D. Okay. Right. I think defense is the answer. That's the buzzword. Yeah. Do you know a player who doesn't need to take a lot of shots but plays really good defense? I do. <laughs> How about Ben Simmons, the Houston? Sure. Ben Simmons can guard your point guard, but but he's going to stand stand and watch James Harden do his, do his thing, which he's been doing in Philly anyway. But unless he has the ball <laughs> in his hands up the court, he's uh, kind of no, useless on offense. Have some boards. That's my point. If James Harden's going to run the whole offense, ninety five percent of the time, isn't that the perfect which is team why, for Ben which is, Simmons? Which is why Chris Paul always confused me. Who cares with that team? Yeah, who cares? Okay, I want to ask you uh, one more forty million. I want to ask you one more question <laughs> sure. about a Kawhi Leonard because obviously there's a lot of buzz. Yeah, uh, you know, you know that I mean, guy would be great. How amazing he's been playing and what he did in Game Seven was incredible. But clearly, his future is majorly up in the air. What's what's your sense? I, I know people and NBA fans now that 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 they're seeing the full Kawhi here are like. Where's that guy going next year? I, I love that he's in Toronto right now because just how we've kind of run our shows over the past six months, there, there's so many angles to take here, one of which is taxes. Yeah, I was just going right? to say that. Right? One, yeah. one, and he's a smart-ass he's a smart ass guy, Rick Kawhi you can If you ever watch him talk, he's thinking 100 miles a minute in his head. He doesn't do very much talking. No, no. But, but when he has to, you know he's thinking. Everything's calculated, and you know that taxes are, have, are a part of his conversation. This guy played in San Antonio for crying out loud. Right. That's right. Nothing, right? Yeah, it went from nothing to state Nothing taxes. to 50, yeah. <laughs> to, to, Correct. To the worst state so, tax. So do you want right. to cash in $190 million with 50% tax rates? I don't know. I don't know. Because that's what it is. He, his, his, to stay would be 5 for 190 To go would be 4 for 140 for Kawhi, Kawhi Leonard. But there's a there's a, there's another element too. You mentioned how he doesn't talk. He's definitely introverted, right? He's definitely an, a within himself player, and probably to his credit on the court, I think, right? But isn't being up in Toronto in the middle of nowhere kind of the perfect area yes. for him in this league right now? Because if he goes somewhere else, he's going to be required to be the face of the franchise, and that may not fit his personality. I mean, he he was kind of able just to hang out the entire regular season. I mean, now he's in the spotlight, obviously, with the postseason. But he was right. kind of for six months. He could kind of just hang out in Toronto, which is an interesting topic. We talked about this. Was it two weeks ago or last week? We talked about cities and everything. And I've read a few stories, and I thought about it a little bit in watching that Raptors game. That that Toronto, at its core, is a hockey town. Huh. Canada is a hockey country. The, but two things jumped out at me a little bit about what's going on in Toronto is 
it's been a very immigrant accepting city. Right. Um, the, I don't know what the population numbers are, but but it's a very big immigrant um, you know, population in, in Toronto, which is much more geared to the sport of basketball sure. than they are the hockey. And you see all those people outside the Scotiabank Arena, and you just wonder, like, where, how much of a, how much is basketball starting to erode a little bit of the tradition of the city of Toronto, which has always been hockey? We talked about this with Boston yeah. and everything last week, and and there was a really interesting article in Sports Illustrated a couple, maybe a few months ago, where they talked exactly about this that the next generation is not always growing up to be Leafs fans because that's what their parents did. They're becoming more geared up towards the Raptors because they've been around longer and they've started to have some high-level success. It's an interesting topic, isn't it? Um, I'm going to say the Leafs will still be number one, always be number one. There. I don't doubt you on that, and but... I think... Um, I, 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 don't, I don't see Kawhi staying there. I just don't. Let me ask you this. Just kind of popped in my head. I mean, but you know, if they win, that could change things. It, re- it you know, well, it, really, it really could change things for Kawhi Leonard. Um, you know, it, it, I mean, it, Toronto's a cool city. There's no question awesome. about that, right? So super underrated. Yeah, very much so. So I mean, he could want to stay, could uh, go into the city, but listen, even traveling, like so, if, uh, on off yes. days, I mean, you got to deal with customs what a pain. and all, at the airport is a pain in the butt. Mm-hmm. You know, I just think. Um, they're, they have a lot of things stacked now, against them. Now, they're not them. really dealing with a lot of that, no, except for the customers. But this is thing. where the corporate community in Toronto's got to step up and well, make up for part of that income right. sponsorship-wise for he, him. He, okay. I, I just wanted to go there with the NBA. So we know his max is 5 for 190. Shouldn't, shouldn't there be an adjustment? Shouldn't there be a tax adjustment for whatever city you're going to sign that in? Yeah, there like, should be. Shouldn't it be 100 and, or 205? I don't, I don't know. You could ever get the league to a, owners to approve how, something like that. How are like we that? not there yet? If I'm the Raptors, I'm arguing that. For sure. Right? How are we not there yet? Yeah, like, listen, I want to keep my star player, and I'm at a disadvantage because of uh, the country's taxes, right? Would you then have to flex the cap? Would you have to flex the cap up for Toronto? Yeah, I think you would. You know, now, now again, Kevin, you you know how this works. NHL teams based in Canada pay all their players in American That's dollars, correct. right? And oh, wow. so, NBA I didn't too. know that. So oh, yes. yeah, so they're so they're the subject dollars. to the to the the Canadian dollar and the exchange rate. Oh. So when the Canadian dollar has been very low, it's been very financially um, a, a, an impactful on Canadian based teams. When the Canadian dollar is almost on par with the American American dollar, it's a huge advantage to them. That's why the smart Canadian, the, the owners that uh, own Canadian teams, um, that's why the smart ones, when the dollar was even, they bought a boatload of U.S. currency. Sure, buy the futures. Teams on were it, doing absolutely. that. They were buying U.S. currency, um, you know, millions in yeah. U.S. currency because it was dollar for dollar. And then when it went back down, you know, they had U.S. money. You know, you mentioned endorsements. 74 cents, by the way, is Ooh, the exchange. Yeah. Yeah. Canadian dollar equals 74 uh, right. United States. And I know, so, I know guys who, um, you know, Canadian who would, you know, buy a ton of U.S. currency, too. If they had the extra dollars, they would take, like, their savings and convert it to U.S. cash. By the way, we just, just for that reason. We just tossed something, taught Mike something about money <laughs> we and did. salaries and payroll <laughs> we did. that he didn't know. Kevin, like high it. five. Yeah, huh? You got it. That's You got to do a little work on that By now. the way, it used to be prior to the salary cap in the NHL, prior to the salary cap, there was what they called the Canadian, it was called CAP, Canadian Assistance Program, where U.S. teams, including uh, you know the small market U.S. teams, they all had to pay hey, in to help assist the Canadian, because the dollar was 50 cents. Yeah, it, it, right? it, there have been times like in the 90s where it was really, really low. Yeah, so they, they had to pay in to assist the Canadian teams. Um, and now, under this CAP system, it's like the Canadian teams are paying to support the U.S. teams because it goes by revenue generation. So Toronto and Montreal are always top, and Vancouver, they generate so much money, right? They pay into the salary cap sharing system. Uh, it's a revenue sharing system. There are certain barometers that you got to be at. I like it. Yes, there you go. Anyway, you, you mentioned endorsements, with, especially with Kawhi. Yeah. I, I read an article today about Zion, obviously, because that's what every, everything's you know out there is about Zion this morning, and how it would be – a ton more impactful for him to be in New York City. And, and I questioned it. There were no numbers. Right? The article had no numbers. It was just sort of an out there statement. For, for Zion to be in Nick. Does it matter? 
where no. he is. I mean, are you telling me Nike's not flying to Milwaukee to handle Giannis, or all of these sponsorships aren't on FaceTime? No, it's with it's, Giannis's people. It's I more. Mean, we're not in that world anymore, yeah. right? No, it's more impactful for the Knicks to have Zion. Right. To re-energize the franchise. 100%. 100%. Yes, it's all about if the he's Knicks. he's your local guy, that's a different story. Yeah, but, Zion's a star no matter where he is. nobody's having trouble finding Paul George in Oklahoma City, right? I mean, the, if you want him to be your guy? Correct. I, I just, correct. I just think those days are done. New York, The New York-LA you know, pedestals of that's where you got to be for all the entertainment and all the endorsements, there, there's no way, but right? There, but, but there are, um, what I want to say, there, there are local opportunities Right, like you can walk into a store and become a star. Well, I'm just saying you could do. There's local right. uh, endorsement sports stores and stuff. Yes, there's local stuff like that. Sure, and in, in New York, in New York, it's really a three state, millions, twenty five million people area that you, that you're talking about being a part of. I'm just saying, for you know, for example, uh, you know, let's uh, let's use hockey in Toronto. John Tavares does a. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't even know. I'm just going to use this as an example, and I'll, I'll just say I'm. Canadian Tire sponsorship. Well, what, yeah, whatever. Yeah, you know, a local franchise store there that you can't get in the U.S. and they pay them X amount to do so. Okay, boom, done. Well, the article right? the article said that one of these no name Nick players walked into a Foot Locker, was immediately recognized, and ended up signing a deal because he was because all these fans rushed up to him and, and the, the company decided that they wanted to, to, to make him a star. You tell me that doesn't happen in other markets. It does. You, right? you don't think you don't think you, that that happened to Giannis every well, time he goes to get a coffee in Milwaukee. Well, the point you of know? the article was there were reporters and all that stuff, so be, a buzz was created. Let me tell you, everybody's a reporter. Yeah. Everybody taking video that yep. posts on Instagram that goes, that goes viral makes everybody famous. Yep. So you, you I don't just need read, to be anywhere. Yeah, it's because of Instagram and social media now. I yeah. mean, Mike, you you get X amount per Instagram post. Yeah. You know, you're like Kim Kardashian, get a million dollars. He's an influencer. Yes. You know, but so, yeah, you're right. It doesn't it doesn't matter for Zion's marketability, but for Kawhi, I think it does. And that's what I'm saying for the, the, you know, Canadian tire, for example, because of Canada, because of their country. I think it matters um, to have they've got to come up with some extra dollars for Kawhi Leonard. Yeah. And a big help grow the sport there in Canada. And a big star in Toronto is a big star in. In the country, the country. That's Correct. the difference a little bit, you know. I mean, he'll, you know, Kawhi can sign a sponsorship deal with a Toronto-based company that will that that could be a national Canadian company that runs ads in Vancouver and Nova Scotia. That doesn't happen in the United States. You're not, you know, there are national ads clearly, but but there's not that translation across sure. an entire country. Here's the one thing that's going to annoy me tonight about this NBA draft lottery is should the Knicks get him, which we all think they'll figure out every possible way for the Knicks to get Zion. There's going to be all, and I get it. It's New York city and it's a, but, but, how long has it been since the Knicks have been relevant to anyone? We're going to hear all this revived basketball and the glory of the Knicks or whatever. Like it, Patrick Ewing in the 90s, the last time anybody needed to care mm-hmm. about the Knicks. But so I'm going to be annoyed by hearing all this, this, this melodramatic flowingness about Willis Reed and, and all <laughs> that. I'm telling you, you're going to hear it tonight. If they get him, you're going to hear it. It annoys me, get but it's New York. I get it. Lawn, right. Get yeah, off. Didn't, nope. didn't Larry Johnson? <laughs> And play for the Knicks. Yeah, yeah. End of his career. Yeah. Like that was the last significant Nick, wasn't it? Nah. Pretty much. They had some, they had a decent run there with you know that Allen Houston area. There was they could play. They just didn't win. Okay. They really haven't won. I mean, it's been a while. Yeah, no, they've they been really in the won. whole Isaiah Thomas debacle, yeah. Yeah. right? Yeah. And then I mean, I'm a Mets Phil fan. Jackson couldn't get it done there. I'm a Mets fan, and I know how much they, how little they win. But man, the Knicks really don't win. No, <laughs> they, <laughs> they do not. They really don't. They do All right, finish us off with a little football tidbit here because we always want to get a little football. Well, and then we're going to finish with horse racing. We got another oh, that's right. We are horse racing. Yeah, All right, sure. football. Yes, give us our football. The undrafted, tidbit. right? That's that's this time of year. I mean, that's that's what I'm doing pretty much. You know, nine hours of my day right now, which is you know unbearable to some degree, but. Um, you know, these teams are locking in minicamp guys, guys they want to stick around. And it used to be sort of a fly on the wall, right? Nobody really cared. It was just sort of guys getting a shot. It, it, it really matters now. I mean, in this salary cap era where teams are trying to find values absolutely everywhere, whether it's the quarterback or the punter, every, these guys have legitimate shots to make the roster, these undrafted free agents. They're being signed for a reason because they see some sort of competition, whether it's a special teams, whether it's replacing the left guard, whether whatever it's going to be. These guys are here because they're worth four hundred ninety-five thousand, and some guy in the roster right now is worth five million, and that's just a fact, right? They're trying to knock off somebody who's who's costing this team more right now. 
and that's a bad spot for veterans to be in, but it is a, it's a reality. And I, th- this is the number. I mean, I've got a couple of things I'll post on, on Twitter and stuff like that later in terms of, you know, these, these UDFAs who have made a career out of it. And, you know, Jason Peters is the, is the breadwinner right now with 105 million earned from wow. undrafted status. <laughs> um, that's incredible. Yeah. I mean, him and Romo. And he came, so the, it didn't come in the league at that position. He came as a tight end. Yeah, that's correct. Converted yeah. to left tackle and he's a Hall of Famer. We did a, yeah, we did a specific podcast on sure Jason did. Peters. Yeah, check that out if you missed that. That was a ton of fun. With the coach, with the coach that sort of earned him all that money. Yeah, crazy. Uh, at least buy him a Rolex, maybe. Here's the, you think? You think, right? right? I don't know, Lyman, man. How about a Timex? Just you know, Lyman are underpaid no matter what they get. Come on, what? they're underpaid. No, have, uh... no matter what they get, they're underpaid. Those guys go through hell. Offensive tackles. Wait, wait, should, wait a second. They should make as much as the quarterback. It's a pretty simple job. You either oh block goodness. the guy this or guy you wants don't. To coach NBA and play left no. tackle now. No, you either block <laughs> the guy or you don't. Oh my goodness! I'm not saying it's easy. It's like a true false, huh? If anything, <laughs> hold on. No, if anything, Jason Peters is an example of how they're being compensated. Oh my goodness! You know, you know what? Well. For like 20 years. <laughs> you know what makes me left re- tackles now make 15 million in free agency, right? More. Okay, you know well, what makes me realize that it's a that it's a tough job is when you see a recently retired lineman like Joe Thomas who yeah, just yeah. gets a job with the NFL Network. They they look like they've lost like seventy <laughs> no. pounds. Yeah, their biggest the, job of lineman these days is eating, eating. and working out. No. And that, no, in that part, you know, perhaps they do put their body through more stress oh, than any no other question because I, of what they have to do to maintain that size. I played soccer at college, and I used to go to the the cafeteria at 5.36 a.m. because I, I had early classes. I wanted to get my start. That's all I'd see is linemen. And there was a whole buffet just for them, and they were just pounding food at 5 in the morning, right, to get themselves up to calories because they were about to burn, you know, two-a-days and stuff. They were about to burn all of that off. It was, it was to me, it was crazy. It was like the cows going for feed. It was crazy. There was a, there was a great story about the San Diego Chargers. Uh, it was like a, a lineman who had retired. He had it as two years ago. Nick uh, Hardwick, I believe, is his name. Yeah, the yep. neck injury. Yep. So he was on, you know, uh, IR all season, and he showed up to retire. Uh, press conference, and he showed up looking like you. <laughs> and they're like, who, who? They didn't know who he, the, yeah. the, the writers didn't recognize him. It's amazing, crazy. And Nick, look- Har- Nick Hardwick's here, and he he lost like was it eighty pounds. Most of these guys, and I, Joe Thomas, we, was one that you mentioned. They, the most of them lose about seventy or go from about yeah. three ten to about two forty, which is about probably what their normal natural but, weight is. But he, he 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 talked about his daily routine eating. Hmm. And like the alarm would go off at 3 a.m. to eat there you go. eat a pint of Haagen Dazs. Crazy, right? Yeah, yeah, he'd have to set alarms to wake up to eat it to maintain Isn't it like, the weight. Like Twenty five thousand calories a day, or yeah. some crazy. I'm telling you, watching these guys at UB eat was just like a it was like a show. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah. It, it was pile yep. it in, pile yep. it in. It was fun. I, the one name that, that uh, on your list of uh, the active undrafted free agent all earnings team, there are some really good names, and there are some really high level players. The one that jumps out, I mean, I think we've talked about him before, is the quarterback yeah, on that list, just because he's. An, an incredibly anonymous has played like started like three games in his career, like has thrown less than a hundred passes. Yeah. Chase, Daniel Chase Daniel has earned twenty eight million dollars as an undrafted free agent. It's incredible. Do you know that he is ahead of Case Keenum at twenty five million, who's also undrafted? Wow. Case Keenum is a starter for an entire year, year and a half, two years, two year starter. Amazing. Not, and Chase Daniel has out earned him. <laughs> As a backup, it's incredible. He's just done it right. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a fun list. I'll post this on Twitter. Here's the point I wanted to get to. I, I ran some numbers. I actually had a you know Scott Allen, our stat guru here, our numbers guru guy, run some numbers for me this morning. NFL NFL players last year who had at least forty percent of their snaps of the team snaps, right? So players who actually played, there were six hundred ninety five of them who, who who qualified for this metric. Sixteen and a half percent, over a hundred, one hundred and fourteen of those players were undrafted. That's a lot. I mean, 16, it was 17% last year. It's 16% this year. We're, we're creeping up to that 20% mark. If it gets to 20, that's a, that's a number. That's a real number, right? If 20% of your players are undrafted, your actual starters or players are actually undrafted, that, that's a, is that a problem? <laughs> I mean, in a seven-round draft every yeah, year? It seems I, like I, a problem. I, I think it is. My, my, my first inclination is the, the weird dynamics of the draft now is like once you get beyond like the fifth round, yeah. like it's it, there's no benefit to being a sixth or a seventh rounder. You may actually have more benefit 
to being an undrafted guy because you get to pick where you want to go. You get to be in a bidding war amongst teams that want you. And I think you'll tell me some of those guys get more money up front on the bonus side than the sixth or the seventh round picks. And as long as the league, and for many, many years, there was always that the reputations were on the line with draft picks. They would get more chances. They would get more reps. They would get more opportunities. The undrafted guys had to pick over the breadcrumbs. I think that's changed now. I <laughs> Josh think Rosen? I think that's starting to change where the undrafted guys are not sort of looked down their nose anymore um, as as, mis- as we mi- mistakes or miss misses. They're just another part of the process of adding players to your roster. Yeah, there are six undrafted free agents this year who who locked in contracts with over a hundred thousand guaranteed, mm. which is more than uh, thirty five players who were drafted this year. <laughs> yeah, I Isn't mean half the, half the seventh round makes less than a hundred thousand guaranteed. So you're talking about you know a, a good chunk of players that were deemed to be better than a seventh rounder coming out undrafted. They get denied that wonderful opportunity of getting the phone call and seeing their name go across the screen, but in reality, they're they're a lot better off in a lot of cases. For sure. All right, let's close out with the Preakness. Yeah. The second leg of the Triple Crown will be this Saturday um, at Pimlico Raceway in Baltimore, and the Derby winner's not going to run. The one who caused all the controversy, both the jockey and the horse, are not going to run. As the jockey's been suspended, the horse is not going to run. Uh, it is more wide open than ever. The Kentucky Derby was wide open. This seems more wide open than ever because you don't have some of the top horses from the Kentucky Derby race. Do we know how many horses are running? I know I'm, I'm always jolted by the going from 19 or 20 or 22 horses 12. in the Derby to sometimes 10 or 11 right. or, in this case, 12. It's, it, it's, the, you know, it's the Derby is everybody shooting. Shoots for the Derby, and if you don't get it, then you're like, okay, uh, I don't need to continue moving on. Anymore. This is the first time since 1996 the Derby winner will not be running the Preakness. First time, really? Yes, first time since 1996. Math. Right? Wow. I mean, that is <laughs> nice. uh, that's incredible, right there. Wow. And money wise, by the way, the Preakness Trophy is the most valuable trophy. I in did sports. know that. Yeah, yeah, it's over a million bucks. Crazy. Yeah, because it's the silver. Um, is created by Tiffany and Company. Uh, isn't there not to drift off another topic? But isn't get, isn't there an a, ongoing controversy about Pimlico? May not they're trying to move it away from Pimlico, or there's talk about going to another track in the well, in the area. It's not in a great section. The Pimlico, of town. and it's not only it's in very good shape either. It's right? rained right. for like 150 straight days in that area, <laughs> right. so it's it's just a mess right now in DC. Uh, co- it's been rained for 150 straight days in the Everywhere. northeast, Everywhere. right? I mean, it's Everywhere. brutal. Yeah. Let me throw two horses at you. And okay. actually, it's the two horses you mentioned before the show, so good for you. Yeah, thank you. Uh, sure sounds like, I mean, look, at, we talked about this on the Derby show. If, if it's muddy, if it's muddy and raining, it's going to be War of Will. That's the horse that probably should have won the Derby. That's the horse right. that almost got its legs taken out by Correct. maximum security. I'll so be putting some money in War of it's Will. It's going to be War of Will. Probably ends up being the favorite when it's all said and done. But the other one, it seems like the sleeper to pick is Bourbon War. Bourbon War. It's sure, all about war Sure this looks year. like it. I thought it's always about bourbon with you. But, yeah, you're right. <laughs> well, yes. Um, by the way, Omaha Beach, though, was in it. And Omaha Beach was the late scratch, was the initial favorite. Right. To the Derby. To the Derby and was a late scratch. Not a late scratch, but scratched uh, on Wait, I think Friday. Is, is he going to run the Preakness? Yeah, I believe Omaha Beach is running the Preakness. I'm not sure on that. We got to check on that, Paul. No, hang on. No, no. I, I think, he, I think there's list. talk about him maybe yeah. working, maybe running the dirt, the, the Belmont. The Belmont. The time oh, frame. right, 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 right. right. Yeah. Yes. I'm, I'm wrong in that. I yeah. was looking yeah. at a different list. No, yeah. we. I, I think War of Will is going to be your favorite. I, I'm going to do a know. war box. Well, we know how Kevin bets. Bet, Kevin bets every horse. <laughs> And then he boxes every no, horse. I did not bet every. <laughs> I did not bet every horse. Uh, my Baffert box sucked. Yeah, um, boy, he got he got blanked, huh? Yeah. Jeez. So, but I'm going to bet the wars. I'm probably going to exact a box of the wars. War of Will and Bourbon War. I like it. And 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 then I'll probably just throw a you know, couple fifty fifty cent trifectas on you know long shot winning with the with the wars and some other ones. You know, I like working the fifty cent trifecta. Because it pays out huge. Sure. Right? I mean, goodness, that derby. Right. Life-changing. <laughs> By the way, if you there, there is a sports book in Jersey that is offering 101 odds. The max bet is 10 bucks on the Knicks winning the lottery tonight and Tiger Woods winning the PGA Championship. Nice. You can, you can parlay that? You can. It's a parlay. The max bet is 10 bucks. For 10 bucks, why wouldn't you? Right. It. Right? That would be uh, a cool bet. I yeah. don't think Tiger wins, by the way. PGA it's not looking good. The weather's not looking good either. I take DJ or Brooks, and I'll take because of the course and their and the style of play. And I'm going to take Brooks Kepka 
as my pick because he just played in similar conditions right. in Dallas. Very hung, wet golf course, and he hung in there, and he played. He went six under bogey-free in the final day and lost. What about the guy who just won in Dallas, though, no? Sung Kang? Yeah. He's no. been coming on here these last two weeks. I know. good, Great ball striker. But I want to see what he does when he's playing against a few more of the top 25 Well, here's, here's the other thing. The golf course they just played, um, it was not – Hard to find the fairway. Obviously, yeah. the minus twenty. Well, I'm just saying that it's a, it's a links course. The fa- you know fairways are wide open, and there's no no initial rough. Right. Mm-hmm. The rough is the the fescue and, and stuff like that. But you're able to get out of it. Yeah. So, question for you about Beth Page. I know there's some thought that it oh. may very well be one of the hardest courses that the PGA Tour ever plays. Is that this accurate? Is black, right? This black. is black. Beth yeah. Page Black, Beth Page which by black. the way is a state park. Anybody can play it, right? <laughs> it is open to the public, which is kind of cool. I will say uh, under normal conditions all the way around, yes, Beth Page Black is the most difficult golf course. Um, if the U.S. Open gets a hold of it, they'll, they'll, they make they made Shinnecock the most difficult the yeah. way it played mm. on edge. And it depends right? on the wind coming off uh, off the ocean, Long Island Sound. Yeah, but you won't get it. much. But Beth Page Black, it, it's, it's you know, the center of Long Island there. You, you know, there's, it's through the woods. Hmm. It's an unbelievable track. It really is. And it, it's it's a hike. I mean, you go, you go downhill on one dog leg right, and then you cross the road. Which is kind of a cool I thing. I love that. Yeah, you cross the road. I don't know if you saw the video of Tiger crossing road and people are like, you know, the, the car and they hold up the car for him. He's like, hey, thanks. You know, <laughs> it was kind of funny. But anyways, then you then you start going up. You go up this hill uh, into the teeth of the golf course like right away, and it's just a completely different look. And then you come back down. It's after the par three. Is it fourteen? It's either thirteen or fourteen. And then you uh, cross the road again, and just some majestic looking holes. I, I'm, uh, wor- I'm worried about Tiger physically at this course. Yeah, it's, uh, it's one of those courses you, you you strain yourself to play, right? I mean, we've seen guys try to go long at this course, and it's you've almost got to be really calculated about this course. Well, it depends how you have to be accurate, yeah, because uh, the rough is going to be thick and lush because of all the wet. Is right? this an over par winner? Ooh, no, no, okay. close no. though, right? I, I under ten, right? Well, well, look at it this way: a good round is going to be. 72? Two to three, two to three under, yeah. right? But so I, I always look at it this way. People say, oh, the winning score is going to be this. Like, hey, maybe factor in the guy shoots par one day because that's how tough the course of play. So let's say three days at yeah. three under and then par, so nine under. All right, so yeah. ten, 10 is probably the, the ceiling, right? Minus I would 10. think 10 is the ceiling. But, but, but soft conditions, guys can fire at flags. By the way, parting shot here. How about Tony Romo shooting two 70s? <laughs> Back-to-back 70s out there. He didn't shoot. No. High, 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 high. Oh, yeah. He oh, didn't high make 70s. The cut. Yeah. Right. Didn't make the cut. Come on, though. He had a nice that's, eagle oh, chip in. I saw that. That's a heck of, a, that's a heck oh, of a, an effort from him. Oh, oh. So let me say this about Tony Romo. Um, first of all, his putting style, I hate it. It's it's the hockey, yeah. you know, happy Gilmore putting style. Yeah. But he feels he's putting better that way. Um, you know, but but he's doing that for a reason to be more more accurate on putts. He's a member at the golf course. Yeah, it's his hometown it's course. It's his home course. Yeah. Um, He's a he's a I think he's a plus point three. Oh yeah, yeah. His handicap. So it's not like they didn't just hand this. Uh, no, it was best some case schmo, right? Yeah. But they 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 you know it's a sponsor's exemption. They're trying to create interest in the tournament. Yeah. Okay. So I I, I get because a lot of people criticize this thing. I think it's good for golf. Uh, for this reason, I I think it draws interest that you have other professional athletes who are into golf. It'll draw more fans to golf, right? There are a lot of people with Cowboys jerseys mm-hmm. out there. Uh, on the golf course. Uh, also, everybody out there thinks they're good at golf. Is not as good <laughs> yeah. as Tony Romo. And look what Tony Romo did That's against right. the best in the best in the world. I was going to say that wasn't a circus act. No, it was I not. Mean, he's he's a legitimate, you know, end he of the round. He finished ahead of four PGA Incredible. Tour winners. Incredible. Four. He beat four PGA Tour his, winners. His mid game so. looked to be right there. I mean, his yeah. up and down work was his, really good. His technique, even despite chipping in for eagle, his chipping technique needs some work. Yeah. Right, needs some work, and is he needs a little more distance. Did you follow him at all, or no? I did not. No, okay, no. He just he needs a little bit more distance. Speaking of which, to, round, to sort of round that this back in a form. I followed Brooks Kepka for I, four I am, rounds. I and, actually kind of hope Steph Curry retires early so that we can see him on the PGA Tour. Doesn't there's a whole other career for him? He's a legitimate player. He is a legitimate golf player. I think has a chance to be better than Tony Romo right now. But here, so yeah. But he'd have to retire early, sure, because to do it later 
in life. Sure. Because there's plenty of guys you think they can, oh, I'm, I'm going to retire and I'll make the, the Champions Tour. Yeah. yeah. Good luck. Oh, the seniors? I was just talking to Paul Stankowski, who's yeah. a co-worker, and you know, he's won twice in the PGA Tour. He's eligible, uh, but he has to go to Q school, and there's going to be a hundred and something for four spots, six spots. Six, this is a two-time tour winner. Six spots. I like it. Yeah. I like his chances, so, Steph Curry. Um, yeah, but, you know, because the, the amount of work they'll have to put in, it's incredible. Yeah. It's incredible how much work you got to put on the PGA Tour day in and day out. Ball striking, fitness. Consistency. The putting, to know your stock numbers. Uh, I don't know if you saw the stock numbers, by the way, from Brooks Kepka. Hey. All right, we're going to end this real quick. guy. We're, we're a show about numbers. Brooks Kepka's. Stock numbers. Explain what that is, Kevin. Yeah. Stock okay. numbers means, all right, I know what my distances are hitting a club. Okay. So, for example, if you know your 7-iron, um, everybody says, oh, my 7-iron goes 160. Well, these guys have three numbers. They have a three-quarter shot number. They have a full swing, and then they have max. Like, I'm really going after it here. We'll stick with the 7-iron. Brooks Kepka. My, my max 7-iron for me is about 168. Max. Right, I, I'll average it out. If it's Coming a, out of your shoes, yes. That's I'm like what you're I'm going get. after it. One sixty eight. Uh, one sixty is what I, I stand, standardize it. If I want a three quarter, I'll go one fifty. Kepko, three quarter, one eighty six. <laughs> <laughs> His full swings one ninety four, and max is two hundo. Two hundo on a seven iron. iron. That's on crazy. a seven iron. I'm well, like, you got to be shoot, kidding me. He, he looks like he should be on one of the one of our NFL yeah. linebacker lists. So <laughs> on hole two on Saturday, hole two is it was the flag was one eighty six. He hit a three quarter seven and almost aced it. Nice, <laughs> crazy. I'm like that is sick. Nice. I'd have to hit a full five for that. All right. Anyways, that's our show. Want to remind you. Uh, Morgan Stanley Global Sports and Entertainment. They handle a lot of golfers, by the way, Morgan Stanley does. They empower prof- Justin Rose. You'll see Morgan Stanley on his cap uh, this week, uh, one of their, their fine golfers. They empower professional athletes and entertainers with the knowledge they need to make informed decisions about their finances and wealth. Learn more, visit morganstanley.com slash GSE, Morgan Stanley Smith Barney, LLC, member SIPC. For the founder of Mike Genetti and Paul Peck, I'm Kevin Sylvester. We'll talk to you next time.